it is the selflessness that keeps your mind always serene. It is the selfishness that constantly creates problems in our mind. Selfishness means anything that you do, look for some return. Whatever you do, if you do a little thing, you want to send a thank you note. You expect a thank you note. Look at that. I sent it. That fellow didn't even have the courtesy to send me a thank you note. See? You sent it with all loving. And then, when you didn't get the thank you note, you got so upset. <laughs> that means you lost the joy of having sent something because you accepted the thank you note and you didn't get it. You see, expectation means problem. That's why everybody who expects has to go through labor pain. Everybody who expects has to go through labor pain <laughs> until they deliver it. <laughs> hmm? Because you are expecting. And why are you expecting? Because before you expect, you conceived. <laughs> it's your conception makes you to expect, and your expectation makes you go through the labor. <laughs> and then That's what the mind conceives an idea and expects it, and it of course it builds it up for nine months inside, brooding over the idea. <coughs> then you want that to happen, and then when it happens, you deliver it, then you are back at your original peaceful condition. So life, if you want a simple, clean, balanced life, never to look for anything in return. Just do, leave it there. If it comes, let it come. But don't look for it. Even in our live life, we expect things, is it not? <laughs> My famous quote, huh? already some people who have heard thousands of times will be like, ah, here comes with his story again. Hmm? What else can I do? Hmm? There are a lot of new people here, so I have to say that again. Hmm? 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 The husband looks at the honey and says, Honey, I love you. And then he'll keep on looking at their face. You know why? The honey has to turn it, I love you too, darling. Right? Hmm? And suppose that honey doesn't say that in return. How do you feel? <laughs> Terrible, huh? huh? You say, honey, I say I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and still that honey sits quietly. <laughs> and you already 
puzzled and perturbed and said, put your hand on your shake. Honey, what's the matter with you? <laughs> Imagine that. What's the matter with you? Don't you love me? Am I saying anything new? Okay. What does that mean? Analyze the situation. He says, honey, I love you. And I expect me, expect you to love me in return. You are keeping quiet. So I am puzzled. I am disturbed. Don't you want to love me? And suppose, just suppose, <laughs> yes, I hate you. <laughs> Where will this hubby be? The tires will be screeching in his car. He will be towards the huh, lawyer's house to apply for a divorce. What does that mean? He simply says, Honey, I give you my love and in return you give your love to me. If you don't want to give your love to me, I don't want to give my love to you. Am I right in saying that? Huh? Would you call that love? I have a name for it. You want to know? <laughs> Business. <laughs> it's sheer business. I, honey, I give you something, you give me something in return. If you don't give me, I won't give you. You are going to a shop and buying things. You give your money to get the thing. If he says that's not for sale, will you leave the money and come back? You take the money back and go. That's what's happening here. So that's not love. That's just business. Even loving with the expectation of getting the love back is business. It will disturb our mind. It should be always one-way traffic. Honey, I love you. That's all I know. You say you hate me. Well, that means by hating me, you will be happy. Right? Yes. Okay, because I love you, I want you to be happy, so you keep hating me, I look for you, look a happy face in you. I allow you to hate me so that I can see your happy face. That is love. Yeah. Otherwise, life is constantly filled with business, business, business. Even with young little children we educate, we tell them, teach them the business. You go and buy this thing and buy a little chocolate for you also. Constant tipping, tipping, paying, paying for every little thing. Even the children are taught that way. They won't want to do anything for nothing. We are spoiling our children because we are learned to do business with everything. When we have that business mentality, we can never be happy. Sometimes, yes, but not always. And remember, this kind of business is done only among humanity. No other species does the business like that. Take an animal, take a plant. That reminds me of the apple tree standing next to Adam when God told Adam not to eat the fruit. 
the apple tree overheard it. That's why even today the apple tree doesn't eat its own fruit. Yeah, you ask the apple tree, how many fruits did you eat? What? Do you think I am also another Adam? To eat my own fruit? The entire nature knows only to give, only to give, only to give. However much you pollute the nature, it still continues to give us food, water, everything that is very important for our life. They never deny giving. They will never do business with us. Only human beings do everything for business. We have to learn that beautiful lesson from the very nature, which is the open book of nature. That is the God's book. All other books are written by men. If you want to read a book written by God, nature is the book. Read it from the nature. Let your thorn, your rose, your stone, your animals, your cats and rats and mosquitoes teach you lessons. If we have the eye to see and mind to learn, we can learn beautiful lessons from the very nature. They never, never ask anything in return. That is our basic problem. For most of the ailments, this Allowing the mind to get disturbed is the cause. And the reason for the mind to get disturbed is being selfish in life. Anything else I can share? Please. You mentioned uh, your previous life. Can you expand on that? Oh, I was joking. Previous <laughs> life means before the sannyas life. Before my ordination. Before I became a monk. I was like anybody huh, of you. Huh? I also had all kinds of my hands and everything. Huh? Little business. Huh? I did business myself. But I learned a lot from my own business. Huh? And I was a homeopathic doctor also. When I did business, I found a street. And whatever I am saying, I in a way experienced it myself. In my business, it's an open book. I'd say, this is so much, this costs so much. If my customer says, oh, it looks like too much, well, if you want to make sure, here is the invoice, the price. And then, now this price is different from this because I have an overhead. I have to pay rent. I have to pay for the phone, pay for the electric bill. And then I have a family. I have to survive. I have some employees. I have to feed them. So all that over it comes, certain percentage. And over and above, the business is always not the same. There are some rainy seasons. I will not have that enough business. So I have to add something more for the rainy days. So invoice price, overhead, plus my rainy season percentage. Put together, that is the price. If you like it, take it. 
otherwise find some other place i'll be very open in telling them and they certainly sometimes go out look around come back to me and once they come back they never leave me then whatever i give but they immediately they they know i am honest i am not exploiting even as businessly done in the yogic way you think of his benefit and the buyer should think of the seller's benefit neither of them try to exploit the other i learned from my business it's a learning experience i was once a cinematographer like a little hollywood and there also i lost some business when i made some movies one time i was a pacifist no everything must be peaceful gentle always nice and when i finished the movie i was almost losing my money because <laughs> nobody was interested in seeing that kind of so but <laughs> <laughs> then i thought no i think world should not be one sided it should have two sided also so i introduced a villain and the play took a twist the villain kidnapped the girl and the hero went after him and then got her back then i got back my money also <laughs> so i learned everything from life itself it was my i call that my past life of course since i got into this spiritual field i am applying all that i learned not that i just sit there and meditate throughout the day and very serious not to laugh because there is a feeling that a priest a monk should not laugh should be very serious always talk about the heaven <laughs> i tell them as a heaven can wait <laughs> you are here on this earth let us make this a heaven <laughs> yes please Yes, I I don't know very much of him because I was a young boy at that time, and uh, uh, luckily many of my close relatives, my uncles and others, they're very much involved with Gandhi's movement. So as a little kid, I used to go with them, and even have seen him, heard him, but not very much involved. Yes, but his. message also the same always love everybody equally do not discriminate divide people in the name of their caste creed race religion then because you love your country you don't have to have to hate the other fellows that's why even today india is very clean good friends with england once when uh, the queen went to india she openly said i visited almost all the various countries i never had this kind of reception that i got in india 
and they thought that India hates English people and kicked them out. No. As a policy, we let us rule ourselves. We don't have to rule us. Let's be friends. And that's what Gandhiji instilled in our mind. Well, it's true, but even Gandhiji, yes, got involved. In a way, he got freedom to India, but how free India is now? Still, we have problems there. So, it's very hard to change the whole world that soon. So, sometimes, even the people in the spiritual field, they wait. And if there is anything that they can do, if there is anybody that can help, they help, they offer their service. But they don't go and push their service. As the Bible says, ask, it shall be given. Otherwise, when they are not ready, in fact, India was not even ready to accept and uh, um, follow all the teachings of Mahatma Gandhi. That's why they taught him. Hmm? So, people sometimes, okay, let nature take care of. When the people are not yet ready, you don't force them to accept certain qualities. Natural growth. That's also once I learned from a, a bird and a monkey story. Once uh, the rain was pouring and a monkey was sitting on a branch, getting soaked wet. And there was a little bird sitting in its comfortable nest. Huh? Looking at the monkey, Oh, my brother, huh? you are a better species. People say that you are just before the human beings. <laughs> you should have all the intelligence. Huh? Couldn't you have made a nice comfortable home for you? To be comfortable in the rainy days? Look at me, I'm a little bird, but I built a little nest. See, I'm cozy, comfortable. Why couldn't you do that? It's right, very reasonable, advice. But the monkey looked. <laughs> you devil! How dare you come and advise me, eh? Is it because you are cozy in your little comfortable nest? You have taken the authority to come and advise me as a big fellow? Wait, I'll show you a lesson. It jumped on, tore the nest into pieces, and then the poor bird, out of fright, went and sat on another branch, and it's okay, now let us both drench. <laughs> Stop going and advising people without asking. That's why Bible says, Give only when asked. So even in the world, we cannot. When the world is not ready to receive your ideas, don't force them. When I came 25 years back, all my hippie children, 
were ready to listen to me something. That's why I stayed and I started sharing my thoughts. If there was nobody to receive my thoughts, how would I have packed and gone back very soon? So it's always that way. You are not in a hurry to save the world. The world will be always like that. People sorry. That's why you see rare people. Because in a big factory, rarely you see the finished motor cars in one end. All the rest is filled with halfway done. Raw materials, quarter finished, half finished, three quarter finished. Finished products are only very few. World is a factory. We are all in the process of getting rubbed and scrubbed and sawed and chiseled and filed. And as we get refined, and when we are completely finished, we are in the sales room. So, workshop, people will be like that. So, you should not be in a hurry to push them up before they finish. So that's the reason why many people say, okay, all right, let's patiently wait, send our prayerful thoughts. When the time comes, let them receive it. Not that they are selfish or they are afraid of, they don't want to go and do something. They know that. Maybe the people are not ready for it. Look what happened to Martin Luther King Jr. Shot him. What happened to John Kennedy? killed him. But sometimes, yes, when the world is not ready, we should know that. We should be patient. Well, that, uh, thank you. Balancing life means not making the pleasure into pain or pain into pleasure. Leave the pleasure as pleasure, pain as pain. You accept both. Then you find the balance. It's in denying one and looking for the other, we lose our balance. Patanjali in his Yoga Sutra says, Sukhanusai Ragaha. The attachment, wanting something, wanting to be happy, looking for something that will make you happy, and denying something that will make you unhappy, both are wrong. Accept both. In fact, in acceptance, the key leaves, stays. And just give you an example. Take pain. Two girls go to the hospital. One girl says, I have a stomachache. Please do something, doc. The doctor gives some remedy. And she says, okay, I'm all right. She comes out. Another girl goes, doc, I should have had pain yesterday itself. I didn't get the pain. Could you induce some pain? One girl didn't want the pain. He got the remedy for it. Another girl wants the pain. Why? Because the other girl knew that without the pain, she will not have the gain of a baby. She is expecting a baby. She shouldn't have had the pain, labor pain yesterday itself, the due date. There was no pain. So she goes asking for pain. So then they are 
pain is no pain for her. She is asking for it. So where is the pain? If you don't want it, it's painful. <laughs> If you want it, it's a gain. So it is all in our mind. So in the balancing means, you know, life is like that. There will be ups and downs. I accept it. When things come, I'll read a welcoming address. <laughs> When things go, I will read a farewell address. <laughs> Don't we do that? When somebody comes, welcome address. Somebody goes, farewell address. <laughs> so, which is great? <laughs> you need both. Life is like that: coming, going, getting, losing. Accept both; you are balanced. You talked about people being able to give love. What about people that have trouble receiving love? <coughs> hmm. <laughs> that that's a very good question. Hmm? One has to find out. The cause of the trouble in receiving love—that means you might have had some disappointment in your love before that you received. That means some experience, bad experience. So you say, if I receive, will I have to face the same thing again? The fear. I am not a psychologist. I am just. Trying to figure out what the reason could be. There are many psychologists. Probably some of them can help you more. But this is the past experience creates a little tension there. A baby doesn't worry about that. See? He doesn't look for love. If it comes, smiles. If it doesn't come, it smiles. You look at a baby and say, "Oh, what a pretty, sweet girl you are! You are an angel." A smile. Oh, you look like a rascal. Another smile. <laughs> That is where the secret. That's why the scriptures say, "Get back to your childhood. Be a child again. You will experience God." We should. Raise above all those prefixed conditions. Like life is like that. Okay, I learnt a lesson. Forget it. Doesn't matter. Keep the lesson. Forget the incident. Then we raise above that. We should never harbour things. It's the harbouring of those things create more problems to us. Yes, please. To you, what is death? What is death? Ah, huh. death. Hmm. What is death? Hmm? Or is is there a death? Yes. Death means changing one thing into another thing. Change of form is death. The tree in the forest died, and the napkin is born. 
<laughs> so the same tree in the form of a napkin leaves. But we say the tree died, napkin is born. That means the form changed. Body also. Body was originally elements. Earth, water, fire. Eh? Composed. The mother ate all kinds of phosphorus, iodine, calcium, this, that. She built the body for us, a composition. And then it stays and it grows for some time and then it begins to slowly disintegrate and one day it decomposes. But the elements are still there. They came together, they got separated. Nothing is destroyed. But the farm, you don't see the body anymore. It's almost like, does anybody have a small napkin, a, a towel or something? Handkerchief? Yeah. This time I'm going to create a magic. <laughs> good, 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 good. You want it back? What is this? Handkerchief. Anything else in this? Just a handkerchief, right? Nothing else. Keep watching. What is this? There was nothing in the handkerchief. Right? Where did the knot come from then? Is there a knot or a handkerchief? So what is it here? I, you saw only a handkerchief. Where did the knot come from? Is it a knot or not a knot? <laughs> okay, if it is a knot, watch carefully and tell me where, in which direction it goes. <laughs> okay? Where did the knot go? And where from it came? Huh? That is death and life. Knot was born and then knot is dead. But before the knot, Hanky was. <laughs> And after the knot, Hanky is. <laughs> that is the secret of death then. So we don't really lose anything. 